so much for praying for us this morning. We're so grateful for you. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. I hope that you all have had a great week. Thank you so much for being here. For those of you who may be new today, we're grateful for your presence. I'm Rodney. I'm the campus pastor here at our New City Matthews location. And I'm also the guy, as you found out last week, that absolutely loves pound cake. Amen, somebody. Amen. I hope you all have been blessed by our prayer series so far. Um, I will say um, that we have two weeks left, two weeks left in our prayer series this week and next week. And as a reminder, you can feel free to catch up on anything you missed online at newcity.us, newcity.us. Amen. Well, last week we talked about prayer being the journey between our hearts and God's heart. And prayer, we've been learning, leads us back to relationship, a relationship of trust in God, in his promises, and in his power. And if we don't connect with God in this way, through prayer, if we don't build a relationship with him, then we lose sight of God's promises and his power. Why? Because as we learned last week, there are challenges along the journey. Challenges along the journey. So last week we began to study Paul's journey to Rome, recorded by Luke in Acts chapters 27 and 28. His final journey, we're learning, provides a very vivid backdrop to learning about the journey of prayer in our own lives. And Paul finishes his third missionary journey in Jerusalem, and as he does, he's promptly arrested for preaching Jesus. And so the Romans and the Jewish leaders go back and forth with what to do with Paul. They go back and forth around who's in charge of his custody. Because the Jewish leaders wanted to kill Paul. They wanted to stamp out the way that he was preaching, the way of Jesus. However, through all of this, Paul remained in a familiar place. Captivity. In a familiar place. And as he's in captivity, God comes to him and reminds him of his purpose. Let me show you in Acts chapter 23, verse number 11. 
The scripture says, that night the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Be encouraged, Paul. Just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. So Paul faced challenges along the journey like captivity. But along the way, he was reminded by God of his calling. And as we looked at Acts chapter 27 last week, we talked about some of these challenges that Paul faced along the journey. Not unlike many of the challenges that, that we face day in and day out. If you remember, verse 4, chapter 27 said that the winds were against them. The winds were against them. Verse 7 said that the progress was slow. We can relate to that, right? We can relate to the winds being against us and the progress things that we pray for being slow. Then we learn in their story that the winter was coming and that there was a storm coming down upon them. Then we look at Acts chapter 27, verse 20, that said this, the terrible storm raged for many days. Right? Oftentimes we want to get, get out of these things that we're into, but the storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Until last week, I don't know about you, but I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like for all hope to be gone, to wonder where God is in your situation, how God is working, how God is moving. And we see this in the life of somebody who is incredibly impactful for the kingdom of God. And part of what I need you to know as we continue to discuss prayer is that the gift of prayer during the challenges of our journey, it invites God to make himself and his promises known in the midst of our challenges. Because I believe, family, that God's promises are most clearly seen in life's challenges. We also looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, that said, On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. This is Paul, the same guy that's going through all of these challenges, all of these things that we looked at, we looked at last week. Same person that said, on him, we have set our hope. Now, family, we only can begin to set our hope on Jesus and his promises when our hope in our circumstances and in people begin to sink. Don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't hope in people. We shouldn't believe the best in people and in circumstances. But what we're learning, what I'm learning, is that too much of my hope has been set in people and in circumstances, when Paul reminds us that we should set our hope in Christ. Now, for a moment, I want to ask you to think about a person whose faith or prayer life you admire. Just for a minute, think about a, a person whose faith or whose prayer life you admire. As you think about that person, I want you to think about this. Has their life always been easy? From what you know of, has their life always been easy? Has their journey been easy? That you know of, has things always gone their way? Last week I showed you this, this picture of God's plan versus, versus our plan, right? As you think about this person that you admire, which one of these more accurately depicts their journey? Is it the top? Has everything been smooth sailing and easy? Or is it more like the bottom? When I see this, I think about Dr. Mike Freeman, one of my pastors and mentors, the pastors of Mega Church in the D.C. area. And I've always admired his faith, his passion for faith. 
in his prayer life. I always admired this about him. But I never forget in 2014, I had a, I had a meeting scheduled with him. And out of nowhere, the meeting was canceled. I got an email from his assistant saying that the meeting is canceled. I got no explanation as to why the meeting was canceled. So, I'm going to be honest, I was in my feelings about it. I was in my feelings. The meeting was canceled. No explanation. One week passes, two weeks passes, three weeks pass, no explanation as to why the meeting was canceled. Four weeks go by. The church gets an, uh, an email blast saying that Dr. Mike might not make it. Little did we know that Dr. Mike had a lung disease that had taken over his body in an instant. And so by the time the church got the, got the email blast, Dr. Mike had been in a coma for almost four weeks. I was sharing this with Reza earlier this week. He's in a coma for nearly four weeks. This man whose faith in God, whose, whose prayer life I admire. Long story short, God delivers him, heals him. The story is all over the news. How God heals this man. He had to learn how to walk again. He had to learn how to talk again. But I'm looking at this guy's life, this guy that I love and the guy that I admire. And his life... It's like this. Here it's been all these years he's been preaching and teaching faith. Now he had to live it in a way that he never had to live it before. And one of the one of the interesting things to me as I look at his life, all of the criticism, the fact that he was in a coma for all, for, for four weeks, none of that negated his call from God. None of it negated the work that God had commissioned him to do. And I came to encourage you today that through all the storms, the winds being against you and everything you, that you're going through, it does not negate the call on your life, even though I know your life looks like the bottom. Because you're just like me. And if we're going to do and be anything for God, our life is anything but the top illustration. And so in two weeks, on July 31st, I'm going to share a part of my story with you. I'm going to share a part of my story where I felt like I was in the boat at the bottom. And I felt like I was sinking. I felt like I was drowning. But through all of that that I was going through, little did I know that God had you in my future. Little did I know that what he was doing in my life and in my heart, as painful as it was, it was preparing me for you. But as you think about this, I want you to hear this. Without the sting of life's challenges, we cannot possibly know the joy of God's promises. Without the sting of life's challenges, we cannot possibly know the joy of God's promises. In fact, I believe that we learn to trust God's promises in life's pain. We learn to trust God's promises in life's pain. I don't know about you, but, but in life's pain is when God's promises crystallize in my heart. When I begin to know experientially what I knew in theory before. 
And so last week we began to talk about the challenges on the journey. And today I want to talk about the promises of God on the journey. How does prayer help you and I to experience God's promises? With that, if you're able, I'm going to ask now that you would stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to look at Acts chapter 27, verses 22 through 26. Acts 27, 22 through 26, the Word of God to you today. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For, the, for last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with me. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. In verse 26, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Thus is the reading of God's word. You may be seated. So yes, there are challenges to the journey. Yes, there are problems. Yes, there are frustrations. Yes, there are setbacks. Yes, there are delays. Yes, there are denials. But I want to remind you today that there are also promises along the journey. There are promises along the way. Uh, one of the things I'm learning, family, is that whenever we have a problem, whenever there's a pain or there's a frustration, the enemy presents a proposition. He presents a proposition. And it's at that moment that we have a choice. We can either succumb to the proposition or we can rely on God's promises. So I want to show you a couple of promises that he makes to Paul throughout his journey with all the challenges and frustrations. I want to remind you that verse 20 said that all hope was gone. Verse 20 said that all hope was gone. But then we see that the first promise that God gave to them, he said, take charge. Take courage. Take courage. In verses 22 and 23, he said, take courage. He said, none of you are going to die, even though the ship is going to sink. None of you are going to die. Now, I want you to, I want you to capture that word, take. It says, take courage. See, what I'm learning is that courage is not just going to fall in your lap. We have to take courage. But, but be clear that we take our courage from God. We take our courage from God. We take our courage from God's Word, from His promises. And so we know that Paul is praying here, and God speaks to Paul through this angel. He says, verse 23 says, The angel of, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me. Now, what I love about this is in the midst of all of these challenges, in the midst of hope being gone, God shows up. Just like we saw a couple of weeks ago, when some of Jesus' disciples got in the boat, they were halfway across the lake, and a storm comes. And Jesus meets them on the boat in the middle of the storm. And when God showed up, what happened? The scripture says that immediately they went, arrived at their destination. Immediately. And we see the same thing happening here. God shows up, and God reminds Paul of his calling, of his purpose, of his plan in the midst of all of the challenges that they're facing. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me, to know that God would meet me in the midst of my challenges, in the midst of my storm. Spent Friday night 
in the hospital with my wife. We've been praying and we've been believing God through some of these health challenges that she's been having lately. And it's, it's frustrating. It's confusing. Because though I don't know how God is going to show up, God is challenging me to take courage, to take it. Don't wait for it to show up. God is encouraging, encouraging me to take courage. And I believe that he wants to encourage you to do the same thing. Take courage. Angel told Paul, take courage. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. But God is going to spare you. The second thing he said in verse 24, he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'll be honest. We got a, we got a call from my wife, a doctor. Friday morning, doctor said, you might have a blood clot. You need to get you to the hospital. I can tell you that fear didn't show up. I wish I could tell you but I don't believe that it's by coincidence. That as God uses me to deliver this word. He's reminded me to not be afraid. And if he's reminding me to not be afraid, he's reminding you. I say this to you all the time, I'm no different than you. Same struggles. And so as we were on the way to the hospital, I was afraid. God wants us to take courage. He told Paul, he said, don't be afraid. He said, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. He said, what's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. He said, do not fear. And if God was standing with Paul, standing beside Paul, he's standing beside me, standing with me, he's standing with you in whatever trial you're facing today. And whatever's going on, he's standing with you. If you were with us when we talked through the book of Daniel, we learned that when you bow before God, you can stand before anyone. When you bow before God, you can stand before any trial, before any situation that you might be facing. So God spares Paul's life, and he spares the lives of all of those that are with him. And this is a demonstration of God's grace. So though we have trials and challenges along the journey, the breath in our body is evidence of God's grace, is evidence of his goodness. And if you read the story throughout the chapter 27 of Acts, it says that as they went along, the sailors tried to abandon the ship in verse 30. They tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat. 
as though they were going to put out anchors. And as they did this, in verse 31, Paul said to, to the commanding officer, you will die unless you stay on board. He said, you will die unless you stay on board. In other words, what God is saying to us is, is we forfeit the abundant life that Christ came to give us when we abandon God's calling and God's purposes for our lives. Whenever we decide we want to do things our way instead of God's way, when we decide that we want to take control of the situation and of the circumstance, it's just like the guys here with Paul were attempting to get out of the boat because life seems like it's too dangerous. And Paul said, if you get out the boat, you're going to die. Essentially, he's saying, stay with God. I know it looks rough. I know it looks tight. Stay with God. Do not fear. So he says, take courage. He says, don't be afraid. Third thing I want to show you is God's promises to us is to believe. This may be one of the clearest passages of faith in all of the Bible. Verse 25 says, take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. For I believe God will be just as he said in the middle of a trial. In the middle of a trial, in the middle of a storm, our, our pastor, Chris Payne, says this all the time. He says, when we want to know what God is saying, we need to go back to what God is saying. When we want to know what God is saying, we need to go back to what God has said. Because situations show up to bring fear, to bring doubt, and, be conf- and, and to cause confusion. But what has God said to you? What has God said to you? I had to remember things that God has said to me, to Jacqueline, about our life, about the calling, the assignment that he has for us. I had to remember and believe what God said in the middle of being fearful as we were on the way to the hospital. I had to choose to believe God that it would be just as he said. Paul has learned that God's promises can be trusted. How did he learn that? He learned that because when he was in a trial, in a challenge, God showed up and met him in his storm. Because Paul has been in tight spots with God before, and God has delivered him. Just like God has delivered you from some tight spots that you've been in. There's been some things that you've prayed over the course of your life that God has, without a doubt, shown up. And so it's up to you and I to believe what God has said. And when we don't know, we go back to what he said in the past. And so in prayer, Paul has journeyed with God and he knows that he can count on God. And many of us have been influenced by Paul's prayers. That's why we're studying it now. We've been influenced by Paul's prayers and your prayers will influence people as well. Your prayers, your faith journey will influence somebody. Eight years later, I'm still talking about Dr. Mike and his prayer his journey of faith eight years before. But here's what I'm learning. Courage and belief are contagious, but so is doubt and fear. So is doubt and so is fear. This makes me think about those that are connected to me, those that are around me, and the influence that my prayers and my faith journey, or lack thereof, can have on them. Because the truth is, we influence each other either positively or negatively. We influence each other through our faith 
to our courage, or negatively, negatively to our doubt and our fear. My friend Stanley is one of the most encouraging and positive people I know. His faith, his belief in God is a constant encouragement to me. But I've also been around people that are incredibly fearful and doubtful. And if I'm not mindful and careful, that fear, that doubt will rub off on me. I never forget where I grew up. If we're outside and we're standing around talking and we're having a conversation and one of us starts running, everybody's going to start running. Even though we don't know why we're running, we'll figure out why we're running when we get to where we're going. Because fear, just like courage, is contagious. And so as Paul and his team are going through these challenges, these trials in his journey, God says, take courage. He says, don't be afraid. He says, believe. And the last thing I want to show you here, he says, it will be okay, but maybe not today. I need you to hear this. He says, it will be okay, but maybe not today. So after all of these words that God gets from Paul, the angel that comes, he says, it will be just as God said at the end of verse 25, 20, verse 26 says, but. It'll be okay, it'll be just as God said, but we'll be shipwrecked on an island. Now, I can't tell you how important this is to us as believers because we often believe that when we go with God, things will be smooth sailing. I came to remind you that this book, this scripture, this Bible is full of stories that contradict that. Sometimes when God shows up in our situation, things will be smooth sailing. But there are many times when it won't be because we have an enemy. We have an enemy that loves to challenge, bring opposition to the things of God, to the advancement of God's kingdom. So he says, it'll be just as God said, but we're going to be shipwrecked on this island. But now watch this. There are, there is something that's far more, far worse than your situation, your circumstances being a mess. There's something far worse than, than our situations being a mess. Something far more frightening than being shipwrecked on an island. So Paul says God is with us. He's going to spare us, but we're going to be shipwrecked. Now later on, he talks about the thing that's far worse than being shipwrecked on an island. When he writes about people shipwrecking their faith. He writes this to Timothy, his son in the faith, in 1 Timothy 1.19. He instructed him, he said, cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their conscience. And as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. That's what's far worse. That's what's far worse than being shipwrecked on an island. That's what's far worse than being bankrupt, going through a divorce, having health scares. This is what's far worse, having your faith shipwrecked. I want to remind you that this is what challenges come to be. Challenges come to get you and I to shipwreck our faith. That's why they come. Always the enemy can get the children of God to not believe. To not take courage. That's his plan. That's what he is after. 
So I need you to know that it's all going to be okay, but maybe not right away. Maybe not today. When I'm faced with those situations, I ask myself, is God still not on the throne? I'm frustrated. Is God still not sovereign? I'm fearful. Is God not still in control? So maybe it's not going to be okay or better right now. Sometimes life experiences tell us that it might even get worse. If I can be honest. But because of Jesus Christ, in spite of what it looks like, our better days are always ahead of us. Because of Jesus, it's going to be okay. But maybe not today. People are quick to say, get over it. Push past it. If you're anything like me, sometimes I respond with, I can't just get over it. truth is, there are some things on our journey that we may never get over. Some things that happen in life, some traumas we face, we may never get over it. And what I'm learning is that through faith in Jesus, though we may never get over it, we can get through it. Though we might never get over it, we can certainly, through faith in Jesus Christ, get through it. We can get through any winds that are against us. Any winters or dark seasons we find ourselves in. Any storms that we face, we can get through them. Through Jesus. And so Paul, his journey at this point long enough with God. Through prayer, he knows that God is with him. He knows that God is for him. He knows that God loves him. And I don't know about you, but I can't, I can't be reminded of that enough. That God is with me. God is for me. God loves me. And God is with you. God is for you. God loves you. His word says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. This is why Paul could say, I believe God just as he said. This is the same guy that as he wrote to the church in Rome, he said, if God is for us, who can be against us? And so the winds were against Paul, but God was with him, and Paul knew it. Paul knew it. And the only way that you and I can take courage, the only way that you and I cannot be fearful, the only way that we can believe, the only way that we can have hope, even though it may not be okay today, it may not be okay right away, or it may even not be okay in this life the way we want it, is by trusting and believing that God is with us, just like he's with Paul. So I want to encourage you today, as I ask for your prayers for me and that God would encourage my heart, Let's encourage each other as we walk this faith journey, this journey of prayer together. Let's encourage each other because prayer is the place, again, where we invite God in. I need to see you. 
I need to I need you to make yourself known. Because the truth is, I'm not over it. But I need to get through it. And the only way I can get through it is through my faith in you. Because in prayer, we can know the promises of God. We can know the hope of God. Even though we have challenges along the way. Because prayer is the journey between my heart and God's heart. And I believe that God is inviting each of us to join Him along the journey. What if, in spite of how you feel, what if, in spite of what you're going through, you decided to join Him on the journey? Imagine knowing, like Paul did, that whatever is against you, God is with you. Imagine knowing that. Imagine knowing how, in spite of how discouraged, frustrated you feel, imagine knowing, believing that God is with you in spite of that. I believe that that's God's desire for you, and that's God's desire for me. Be encouraged, because though there are challenges on the journey, God has promises to all those that believe in Him. Amen? To God be the glory. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that though there's pain, there's promises. Thank you that though there are challenges, there's a calling. So I pray that you would teach us to join our hearts to your heart. Today I pray, God, that you would give us the wisdom to know when you're speaking. And I pray that you give us the courage to obey. Help us to take courage, the courage that belongs to us as heirs, as your children. Now, God, I pray how you taught us to pray to your son, Jesus, when he said, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, in our lives, in our circumstances, as it is in heaven. Give us, Father, we pray this day, our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts. We forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Forever. 